Welcome back to an all new episode of the Super Mario Brothers where we got to redefine our dreams in the hours that remain. I try to understand. To redefine my. Sure. <laughs> I'm Super Mario Brother Matt. And I'm Super Mario Brother Dan. We've had a great week so far. Well, mostly I've been in a Super Mario Brother coma. I picked up a nasty little. Uh, uh, bug, you know, not, gigs, uh, sorry, the uh, bands don't travel to Adelaide, but uh, we still get uh, the plague and stuff like that here, don't we, Danny? It sure does, man. I think it comes with the heat we've been having lately as well, but mm. I guess it is the old summer, I and mean, when summer normally comes heat, so I guess you can't complain too much. But I got to keep happy because I got to uh, find out an announcement. It was a bit late. It was in December that Streets of Rage and Alter Beasts are going to be turned into... Uh, a, like a live action either movie or like a like a series or something like that from some Japanese guys who took it on board and I am I mean that was my favourite game growing up Streets of Rage so my life right now is on the uh, it's on the up man yeah all I'm hoping is that Michael Bay doesn't get on board oh. and ruins another one of our childhood I guess nostalgic beautiful memories yeah you, have to, you have to go back to like alcohol and, to, and just denying it until literally any time anyone brings it up it's like I'm, I haven't seen it, I know what you're talking about and literally you, you've done such a great job killing brain cells that you really don't yeah so I mean like, it's not overly metal related but you never know the soundtrack could be metal but anyway that was part of our childhood growing up and it's part of our yeah so here today guys we're going to talk about the uh, what's happened in the last week in the news and stuff we're actually going to get into the latest review of Moore's Prince of S an album I've been dying to get this thing was rarer than I could even imagine unfortunately uh, for the band uh, Embers of a Dying World it's called we're also going to talk about a fan Jamie Jackson's come out and asked us an actual question he wanted us to know about how to get Soundwave back he's just so devastated and he could know where else to turn and much like the uh, starving Italian families in those Godfather movies he came straight to us Danny he asked for a favour I mean like <laughs> on this the day of my imaginary daughter's wedding he asked this favour for me <laughs> I had to go to my girlfriend like alright we're going to have to have some kids I need to do this well, she needs to get married this joke to work <laughs> yeah, can you wait like 20 years for the daughter to grow up to get married or we'll just go to like another country and marry her off when she's still like a fetus That's don't worry Jamie hang around for our uh, section in the and we're going to talk to all about it, but first, let's get into the news. Straight off the bat, we are talking with Adelaide's finest heavy metal slash just artist in general, Steve Lehman. This guy here is an absolute freak. You'd know him well from Flyers, like when it came to the Adelaide uh, Zombie Walk, certain bands artwork, or even just, you know, posters and stuff for heavy metal. This guy is an absolute gun. And he's to show you how good he is, his girlfriend told him to get wife, into... Wife, wife, sorry, wife. Sorry, Kylie. Told him, why not get into an, an amazing venture for yourself and enter into the Adelaide Royal Show... Uh, it was the wine and no, so beer and cider competition. Yeah, beer and cider competition. There was a just like the Alley Zombie Walk. There was a competition to design the poster, and Steve, just like that one, won this one as well. So, so he, congratulations, Steve. Yeah, you know, no surprises there. He wins himself a hundred bucks spending at Dan Murphy's, a ticket to the Royal Adelaide Show. But more importantly, Danny, a slot right here on the Super Mario Brothers podcast. What yeah, do you reckon about three that? Three mention arrows, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, we're still going to have them on the show. Oh, <laughs> mate. We are opening easy. it out. You know, I've uh, I've sent out a request to him a few times to his people. But uh, yeah, I don't know what's happened to those invites. So uh, you know what, Steve, we're going to ask the fans to ask you as well. Because we're dying to meet you. You know, yeah. we're big fans of your work. And uh, I, I really can't wait to have the guy on board and see what he has to say about, you know, anything really yeah well he's coming a bit of a known uh, figure in the LA metal scene quite recently he's designed uh, the Jace North promotion of the um, 
was it Balls of Steel, whatever the thing in April. Yep. He's done Raven Black Knight's uh, CD cover art. So he's, he's getting around there. So yeah, stick to, remember that name, Steve Lehman, everybody. That's right. And we remember that. Remember Steve Mail Brothers. And remember, we're also very, very poor. So <laughs> you might want to just kind of, you know, brainstorm some ideas like that. And we'll brainstorm about Soundwave for you. We're going to talk about Attila because last week we talked about the Attila fan who was brutally assaulted. And he got to say his own in his own words, the recollection, or as best you can with a concussion on what happened on the night. Now, uh, what did happen on that night, Danny? Apparently, a lot of like, you know, girls were screaming and guns were going off and there was flares down the street and a big Mardi Gras was happening, man. Yeah, but more importantly, in that exact room, what was happening was him and his mate or his brother, I think, decided that it would be a good idea to meet the fan. So they were going to rush the stage, maybe do some crowd surfing, but more importantly, he wants to sing and stuff like that. Now, uh, the clairvoyancy of the security guards or maybe just they were incredibly unhappy that night, I decided to stop them. But then after that, they probably took it too far. Yeah, they're stopping some. Then there's also making sure they don't need to stop him in the future. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, pretty much what was happening, both like this guy and his brother and friend, they were quite close, massive fans of this band. They wanted to crowd surf, so like Matt saying, go on stage, just sing with the singer, which, you know, you really shouldn't do anyway. But it, yeah. beside the point, the security guard thought they'll throw him down hard against the barricade and still just keep like laying into him as they were on the floor. And as you saw from the video, like both the singer and the guitarist try to calm the security guards down but pull him off but then chaos ensued and the show stopped short you know this is the thing in the world we live in it's like we know what happened the last time someone was allowed on stage uh to discuss the future getting back together one of their favorite bands but so uh, that didn't quite work out for it you know so i can understand like if that security guard was the same one by sheer coincidence on the night <laughs> and had a kid come up and say like no this isn't happening again like you know and made an example out for everyone else um Let's just not uh, let's not make put the situation for the security guards to make those stupid dumb calls where they're going to do something stupid, which everyone would, would regret if they had a conscious right. Because um, you can't, we can't in this day and age right now. Um, we can't rush a stage anymore. Yeah, plus I don't want to hear you sing, or I don't hear when you pretend you're playing guitar, drumming. I, I play the band, impairing yeah. the band's performance to, to sing, to play their instruments and stuff, just so you can get your thirty seconds out of it. Uh, no, what happened to the kids? Uh, probably a bit too much, you know. Yeah. A slap on the wrist, like not a not a choke around the uh, the throat <laughs> or an oh, elbow. Yeah. Apparently, it was it's like um, UFC. Like Ronda Rousey would have been proud. It was pretty. Uh, it's pretty full on. Yeah. Uh, Dream did have no plans to reunite with Mike Portnoy. Now this would come to a shock to absolutely zero people. Yeah. But what I was interested in was the premise because this is actually the 25th anniversary for their probably best album or one of uh, Images and Words, second album, and uh, they're going to be playing it in its entirety in certain gigs, right, for a tour. Uh, but I guess you know Mike Portnoy, staple. He was he was a founder, one of the founders of Dream Theater. Uh, he's obviously not there. He was a drummer. Um, does that disappoint anyone, Danny? Is it should should have happened? Should they made it work somehow, or was it really not necessary? No, I'm reading the article. Uh, like Mike, pretty much knows himself it's not going to happen, and the guys are saying that Mike's too busy anyway for it to occur. He's apparently like in 20 bands, something stupid. But that's a bit of hyperbole. He would drop every single one of those <laughs> in one second if they yeah. said, "Look." Hey, you know, like you know those movies, right? At the end of the movie, and like the the guy uh, has his mate, but he ends up blowing off his mate for all his other mates because he wants to be better at sports, right? But then he forgets the story that he should have had fun with his mate, you know. Rah, 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 rah. So he goes back to his mate. It's like, look, hey, um, I was gonna go throw the ball around on Saturday, and you're keen, and he's like, you betcha, and you have the best sports day ever, right? That's exactly the same premise, right? You know, yeah. even he's in twenty bands, he's only da- he's only doing it from just habit. He would he would drop them in one sec. Yeah, exactly right. But they actually made it quite clear that 
during this Images and Words reunion show or rehashing show, they're not going to have any special past um, guest performances on there, which really only means my point. Because whoever's a really past person, maybe like the goalkeeperist might come along. Uh, uh, yeah, that'd be it. Um, Derek telling? No, Derek Schoening, we did one after. It was another uh, guy. Um, that's fine. It's not really that necessary. But like you said, there's two members and none of them are going to make the appearance because then after that, it makes no difference. You know, Job Tree, she's been there since then. That was the first album with James Labrie. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, for anyone who, who wanted to know if Paul Noe's going to be there, no, he's not. But uh, not like we'd see him anyway in Australia anyway. So, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you know. All that remains, Singer responds to seller accusations, says there is plenty of heavy material on the upcoming album. Now, if anyone's familiar with uh, the band All That Remains, you'd see their slow descent from being a metalcore band to being a uh, core of the popular variety. Um, what's it? What's it? What's a core? Like an Apple? Apple's pretty popular, isn't it? Apple's are pretty good. Yeah, pretty so sweet. they're like they've become right. the Apple core of it, right now. Yeah, okay. Selling out is obviously a word in metal that if any band's heavy and they lighten it up, there's that line where a person has to decide whether they're placating it for a bigger market or if they're placating to express a certain sound, right? And um, quite the sound they've, they've, they've taken away from. However, I must admit, I've heard one of the songs off of the new album and it is a little bit heavier. Are they a sellout band, Danny, though? Or are they just a band who's just trying some new things? I mean, this is the question very popular the last couple of years especially with the whole suicide silence where you have a band who and this guy admitted himself the least thing is that well you know you either stay he goes what's what's the seller you either stay too loyal to those group of fans who always listen to you you always play the same stuff and therefore you, you're, you're taking the easy way out or do you try to change your sound and develop as a band and try to broaden your, your audience it's always that question of who do you stay loyal to or do you change up a bit and uh, yeah, so it's, it's always a tricky question, and unfortunately, people are saying, you know, you should have stayed loyal to us because we're the ones who got you there. They they stay kind of self-aware enough to know that when they started having singing vocals, they could start to hear the members in the background about being sellouts to her, and obviously, they were like, well, we just felt like we could add it then. Um, yeah, funny enough, that's when I kind of fell out of love with them too. They went from a band who really expressed their ideas and guitar lines quite succinctly and quite uh, memorable, but then they... F- fell into a bit of a, uh, a habit with me um, but maybe that never more reincarnation or abortion I would like to call it in other ways was the reason why I kind of stopped listening to him as well yeah that's true you're a very personal attack you Matthew I think I need to go personal I just go and slap my mum I just come through the house see how I'm like Marilla bang <laughs> I'm like wow that's a really bad album like, yeah terrible <laughs> but it's actually funny because they're saying you know, the whole sellout because they decided to go a bit cleaner the only band which has gone really clean and not been called a sellout is like Opeth I don't think I've ever heard someone call Opeth a sellout and they've actually pretty much done a whole 180 on their sound. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're singing, but uh, you drop that those songs under seven minutes long and oh, you watch out, you know, something's yeah, going to happen, maybe. That's maybe. What it is, maybe that, yeah. You know, um, it's been pretty gradual for Opeth, I guess. Uh, they, they've they got, yeah, I don't know, because some of the albums for me are like, oh, that's really boring. <laughs> but people don't think so. And if they can sell out, you know, like places in Sydney that uh, placate to you know, orchestral, you know, snootiest of the snootiest and uh, still do quite well, then, hey, man, I got nothing. I can't work it out. Yeah. Uh, Timmy Borgia announced Forces of the Northern Light out on a- April the 28th 
in a live DVD package. Uh, for anyone like me or you who are out there and, and can hear about three riffs that you absolutely love from the band, you probably end up buying this and realizing that uh, the rest of the album kind of sucks or DVD sucks. But this is really just uh, an, an orchestra behind some of their best songs. So yeah, just on top of Mother's Day as well. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, who doesn't love a bunch of you know corpse painted uh, Norwegians who uh, sing about Satan and uh, the grill? I, yeah, but if your mum's like a massive Kiss fan, like Alves was, just pretend that no, no, this is what Kiss. This is Kiss now, mum. Look at him. Yeah, yeah that's Kiss. Parents, parents don't know things. It's sort of sore throat. Like they're not angry. It's just you know, it's a way to express their the, the darker days of the Kiss reunion. Yeah, like you when know? Gene Simmons said they they wanted to start off as like a a hard heavy death metal type band, and then they sold out, and they sold out. Everyone <laughs> saw they sold out. Hey, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but uh, who wants to know about Carcass right now? Dane's a massive fan of Carcass, the Surgical Steel album, one of your favourite yeah, albums. It's a great album, yeah. Uh, Even the, um, oh, jeez. Yeah, I need I need a dictionary just to understand the lyrics. This guy here is the poet, mate. Yeah. Do you reckon the New York Times stole the, the they were a bit of a fans as well, and they stole the, the artwork for their own thing? Or? Well, yeah, and they, I reckon, because, that, look, Taz having things in a circle pattern is a pretty standard thing. Like Wheel of Fortune did it. So did everybody yeah. steal Wheel of Fortune? So <laughs> I don't know think you can say What an inspiration for a death metal band. Oh, I like to thank uh, Satan and Goat's Heads and... Uh, John Burgess. John Burgess. <laughs> <laughs> Even look, I mean, it looks like, a, car, uh, it looks like a, a spoke of a bike wheel. So it's yeah. not that creative. But look, at the same time, let's say they did. Because yeah. New York Times, why not? Yeah, because like they would have. Um, it's easy. And uh, it's Carcass. Like, the album was amazing. It was brutal. It's one of the best albums uh, from the band, if not one of the best, like, kind of thrash albums that you could yeah. probably get into. And, so, go by the vocabulary of this bloke. He could easily fit into, like, a New York Times journalist. So, maybe he is. Maybe he's a pseudonym. He actually does write uh, in the New York Times. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on with Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, the first movie was Kick-Ass. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And now Rob Zombie's on board. He did a couple of lines for it, apparently. He's recorded some of the voices for one of the characters. Uh, maybe he's Groot. Or maybe actually a substantial, like they've recorded him once, like uh, you know, like the Roadrunner. He's yes, probably got right. a cut. Like, yeah, yeah. Big, big <laughs> like, what about two beaks? Like, no, nah, I just recorded him once, <laughs> <laughs> twice. I, I like just half hours of cost on this bloke. How good is that? Yeah, so uh, interesting what he does. I mean, he's probably won't reprise his role with some sort of horror victim in it. You know, I don't think it's that kind of movie, yeah. but um, hey, it'd be cool. Yeah, why not? Um, we're gonna look into oh, you know, this is cool Japanese cockroach mosh now i don't know if you guys have heard or seen what this is but you need to go to google right now and type in what a cockroach mosh is because there's this japanese band right um who plays incredibly fast blast beats very much a death metal style right but the crowd has embraced a new way of showing their appreciation for (laughs) such nonsense they literally lie on their back, and even though cockroaches somehow can survive a nuclear reaction or whatever, a can of mortine puts it away in three minutes, right? And this is what it looks like. As soon as the blast beat hits, all the guys in the crowd drop on their back, squeeze their limbs together, and then just frail, like literally, just yeah. up and down as fast as they can. It's, it is I love metal. I just can't handle it. It is the weirdest. It is one of the oh. weirdest things. It, it literally is on the back, and they're just flowing their arms and legs. I guess because they play so fast, that people couldn't headbang to it anymore because there's like massive whiplash, yeah. massive lawsuits. People yeah. are like, no, 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 we need to find a better way. Yeah. And this is a better way because at least people can't do stupid like suicide and kicks and flips and shit like that because you're literally on your back, you can't, you can't really reach. Yeah, it's more endearing than your 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 nana, who's incredibly beautiful, makes you um you know uh, apple pie every weekend, but it's also yeah has dementia and is racist. So it's just <laughs> yes, yes, you know immigrants, nana, I know. But more importantly, you know, oh wow, fucking apples, like really good. So yeah, 
thing about this that you could probably only do it in places like Japan because they're so like neat and clean that their floors are nice oh. and spick spec. If you do an LA, your your shirt will get like <laughs> stuck to the dance floor. It'd be called a turtle the turtle wash because you won't be able to get up. It's like, oh no, shit, we're stuck here. <laughs> it's like I'm not I'm not doing it there. That's vomit. I, I should know. I I, I, I threw up. <laughs> there's like twenty there's twenty like scotch and cokes on the floor there. Uh, like, yeah, but uh, but it's great. Yeah. Uh, I love metal. You know, it's just like forward thinking. You know, it, it, it's always bringing things forward for the people to do, and it's not going to hurt anyone. You know, it makes everyone laugh. Oh, I, I, and you know what? If this replaces that stupid slam dancing stuff, oh, yeah. the Street Fighter moves that <laughs> make me not enjoy my hot coffee every time I go to geeks, yeah, then um, yeah. Like yeah, it. I mean, and to be fair, like Matthew suggests, when we do have this nuclear holocaust, which is coming, for us to like to blend in and be part of the cockroaches. <laughs> We can survive though. The cockroaches, but hey, they're pretty cool. Look at them try to simulate with us. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine this lineup for a tour? Lamb of God, Behemoth, and Slayer. They're all coming to North America in 2017. And you know what's funny? At the same time, Adelaide got two bands coming from major announcements as well, Danny, entitled Jack and Shit. Wow, are they new? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, probably. Not like anyone's going to go see him anyway. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's unfair, really. That's just like, it's like, honestly, the best thing that can happen to you, that's never going to happen to you. But um, who knows, right? Yeah, but who, like, headlines this band? Like, who, would you have to give the slayer? Yeah. I said it. Yeah, and then, like, both in Behemoth, I guess, second, and Lamb of God is, like, first opening act. It's just, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty uh, Maybe it's like... Oh, look, a three-way main event, a.k.a. no main event. You know, like, that is kind of like... It's like a big play. super group. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no. everyone knows that Slayer's number one band. But again, they probably just changed it. Like, if Behemoth sells better in one state, it'd be like, oh, look, here's your hometown favourite. But then, like, obviously in Texas, like, Lamb of God's obviously far more appealing than Satan. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they do just keep Fundamental rotating Christians, it. you know what I mean? Like, it's like when those, like, sports clubs haven't got the balls to pick one captain, so, like, everybody gets cap- be captain for a week because I was a piss of sort of parents off. Yeah. So it might be like that scenario. Oh, we have to look at scientists now. They've named a giant extinct worm after the cannibal corpse bassist. Now, uh, unusual, but I want to talk about it for a quick sec. Uh, just to quote what the uh, article says. Um, Scientific reports has been a published titled Earth's Oldest Bobbit Worm, uh, Gigantism in a Devian Eugene Polite by Matt Erickson of Lund University. He's in Sweden. And uh, yeah, he decided to... Uh, Species of bristle worms, and literally, you know, he's obviously a death metal fan. If you're in Sweden, there's plenty of music to listen to to, uh, to quote on, and uh, Cannibal Corpse is about as brutal as you can get. Yeah, but this is not the first time a metalhead's been named, uh, has been honored by being named after a certain bug. Um, King Diamond of all people was named after something. Yeah, I think it's even others like I think some of the Van Halen brothers has done it. I think maybe even like Rob Halford, Ozzy. I think there's been a couple which have been named after. Uh, Mostly rocks and bugs. Yeah, it's kind of like when people come out like with tattoos on them and stuff like that, or whatever, gushing like, "Oh, I'll get married to your song." But then, like these scientists come up and overtop everyone. It's like, I just discovered like a cure for cancer and named it after you. Like, well, well, that's pretty awesome. It will be pretty awesome. They're the number one fan, aren't they? Like, just imagine someone who sat through university just so they could be the biggest fan of one of the bands they love. Like as a kid. That'd be great. As long again, as long as they're not Kiss fans and they name after Gene Simmons, because then he wants like massive royalties and everything. Yeah. So yeah. So it's trademark under me. That means I get the money. Like, yeah. oh man, just nah. That's where they're his cancer cure. Nah, bullshit. No, nah, exactly. And take your stupid air, air guitar strings with you as well, man. Mm-hmm. We're gonna finish it off with Otep. Uh, he, that, uh, the chick singer from Otep does not like butcher babies. The girls. There's a massive fight that's happened. 
um, mostly because apparently they didn't do coke with them after shows. Now, I don't see what the problem is about doing coke. I had coke last week. Uh, I even had coke uh, as a kid. Remember that uh, birthday party we went to? You even had coke with ice, mate. Yeah, so exactly. I don't see what the problem is, you know? Like, uh, put your babies just like... Dude, it's like it's a can or a bottle. Like, what's the problem, man? You know, I understand, or man. heroin. Like, either way is ah. fine. Like, I just don't understand. It, which is, I've also, I think, done as well. You know, like you mean heroin, as in the um, pain medication? That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know, man. Like, you, you want to see, you want to see these sisters get along. You know, you want to see them into movies. Maybe they could like give each other a, a massage after a really hard gig. You know, uh, work on the arms, work the way downwards, and stuff like that. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, I think the sun was warm today <laughs> and the, the sky goes dark at night. Yeah, the gene pool affected these girls very well. Uh, it's a shame that, uh, you know, they're going to be wasted on such a, a pathetic uh, thing. But maybe the fallout is that they get into a ring together, then they massage each other after a big thing, and then, oh, wow, this is getting to a really yeah. good show. Well, we're back to apparently <laughs> this, this, this is just the start of it. Cause, I mean, it's actually not even the start of it because the Butcher Babies actually wrote a song about how angry they were about this yeah. other last Otep. So there's this it's all starting. Um then Otep girl got very um I guess like personal and said like one well, Heidi has apparently a, sh- a lawyer sugar daddy which pays for a plastic surgery and they got all this it's just the bitching. So th- this will go for a while because they'll keep rebelling and so stay tuned next week I have a feeling Butcher Babies will have a response. Yeah, you know what we just want to see what's going to happen when it makes it onto the internet and then when it makes it into the Kleenex sponsored ads because that's they're what they're here. Put <laughs> yeah. All right. Time for the editorial. Our editorial this week comes from a fan requested question. We've been dying for our fans to ask us what our opinions are on life, on love, and most importantly about Meadow and Jamie Jackson has not disappointed this week, Danny. It is a very thought-provoking question, and one where it probably should have been asked us in the middle of summer because my brain barely functions during a good day rather mm. than the middle of summer. But it is a good question nonetheless, and one which actually affects all us people in Australia. Yeah, a question that we've uh, kind of teased around the last year or so being on the podcast, but this question here, I'm going to read it out right as it comes out of the computer. Jamie Jackson asks the Super Metal Brothers... I'm having severe withdrawals since Soundwave and Big Day Out died. I'm going to a lot of gigs, but needs a bigger fix. How do we get our festivals back? Big question that a lot of people have asked. Uh, they A big day out with the biggest bands that they can walk yards away from each other and see each other almost minutes after each other as well. It's it's an amazing day out where access to alcohol, at a very expensive price, but very, very conveniently placed. It's a great day for everyone. What is the chances of seeing something like that come back, Danny? Oh, I think there is a good chance. Uh, I mean, th- there's there's been talks to start of the year and end of last year about people wanting to bring Download down here and I think a couple of other big um, music festivals. So look, uh, it, 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 for it to survive as long as it did means that there is a, a way for it to survive. Um, trying to recapture that is always, I don't know how you, recapture is going to be tricky. Like, People know, in the, especially especially in Adelaide, we always buy last minute, and people promote it, so they just can't organise things that way. So we definitely have to come up with a way to get people buying tickets earlier. This could be done. I, I remember reading an article about it. This could actually make a fair point. Is maybe you have to do like random uh, free tickets. So let's say you, you buy a ticket, and if you happen to be 
the 55th person to buy a ticket, you're the one who gets the free ticket. Maybe that's the way of going. He also uses this for venues, so certain seats and venues could be a free ticket seat, so that could be a ways of getting around it. So that's one idea. Matt, have any, um, any thoughts come to your head about how we can uh, get... Well, I guess his question was more not uh, will it, but how how do we get the festivals back? Now, how in the, in the sense of, well, showing that the money is there for us um, and sh- starting from locally, literally, is, is a good way. You know, going to local shows, having... Uh, a small but a, a very passionate uprising on the lower tier to see that there's always going to be a place for it because right now we have to acknowledge that Adelaide was one of the ones especially that was for the death of Soundwave yet no one really went to that last show and for different reasons all you know if you all value a reason equal to each other then they're all incredibly spectacular very thought out reasons but again they're just circumstances which are meaningless in the title of the money's not going to the venue or going to the, the bands therefore there's no point in coming here right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we've had, um, yeah, and that, that that even starts with just, like, if single bands come to, like, Australia and Adelaide, I, I don't think metal bands in general being as well-supported as they should be. I mean, that's probably why people, bands aren't coming to Adelaide anymore because of that fact. So, I mean, they'll come to Sydney and Melbourne because they have enough people there to get them for one show, etc. Mm. But getting enough uh, foot traffic to get them that busy that they should come to bigger venues, etc. They're not really selling out that well. Mm. So it's also about just starting out from these individual shows, um, just having great support for these smaller shows that looks like the scene's big enough here. I'm um, fair, we were doing well with like record sales and stuff in the ARIA uh, charts. I think a lot of metal bands are starting to like get top 20 ARIA charts. So physically, we are buying albums. Uh, it's just, but it's just more about foot traffic and you know, getting people out there. Yeah, we're gonna we'll, we'll kind of put a bow around it after we ask our fans as well. So we've got some fans that responded to this question, and we really wanted to know what they had to say. So let's start off with Steve Lehman, now respected artist. We actually talked to him about him at the side of our show. He's actually said that we should be paying the artists when they come. Great point. When obviously Soundwave came here, there was a few musicians that were burnt out of it because they were promised a lot of money, and some of these bands were never delivered because obviously it went bankrupt. There were problems on production ends or you know owners whatever you know there's plenty of reasons around that um yeah could you imagine the bands that are like the last time they heard about an australian festival and all the bad stigma that's come across from it you know there's need to be confidence there maybe a couple of maybe just some time needs to pass so people can forget about how catastrophic it was for some of those bands who had to go to patreon in order to get money just to compensate for the loss not even to make the money back just so it wasn't that bad to to lose it Yep, yeah, that's true. So, but again, it, it is about that. It's about early support for these these festivals and early support. But even again, it comes down to just supporting any band which comes to Australia. You, it might even come to a point where you might not like metal a band which is coming, but you know that you need to go support this band so that the fact that these smaller bands get good numbers means that bigger bands are willing to come as well. Mm. Andre Van Deker has said impossible. And funny enough, uh, in my late 20s, I would have disagreed with the guy. But now that I'm in my early 30s, uh, I've become a lot more cynical in life. It's amazing how much a year can change things, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I uh, it's, it's, it's going to be hard for us to, to kind of bring it back. But uh, Download Festival has announced... Last year, around middle of last year, that um, no, wasn't that download actually? They uh, they they bought like the name or the trademark for Australia, so it looks very probable they're going to come down here, unless they're just using it to sell T-shirts or something. Yeah, but again, it could be that thing where it won't be an Australia-wide uh, tour. It might just be maybe like a weekend in Sydney and a weekend in Melbourne to make it up because 
for traveling reasons, it might be the way to do it. Who knows? Which is like, well, it's what they do in Europe. Yeah. You have Hellfest or download. It's about you going there to experience it. Maybe that's the way they have to do it. They have to change their model. Could be a way. Uh, by performing rituals and selling our souls to the devil from Jackie Tran. Um, I don't know what kind of rituals we're going to have to do to do this because last time I tried to sacrifice a virgin, uh, they put me on an altar. And uh, I don't know how the hell I took myself out from that one. <laughs> so, um, selling our souls to the devil. Uh, devil doesn't buy crap, unfortunately. So, I don't know how this is going to work out. Um, but that's, that's a tricky one. But you, you really don't want to use it just on a festival. I think you got to use it for yeah, like. Yeah, why not get something like, like a blowjob or a car? It's something that you can actually use for something, you know? Oh, um, I thought like just like, you know, reforming Led Zeppelin or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. At one kick ass gig rather than like, a, you know, festival can be hot and sometimes you can pay $180 for bands you might not even like. But exactly. You know? Exactly. You know? You know, Jacob Fluffy Slippers with the best promotion companies, people willing to do whatever it takes to get the bands over here. Obviously, money is a big part, but enough tickets sold, the bands will definitely get paid. Very optimistic, very simple. It's a flawless concept. Can we ever see it being put into practice? Uh, I mean, look, that, that's what it comes down to. You have to just show your numbers in Australia that people are going to these venues. I mean, and these gigs. There's been a couple of like, I guess, Australian-based festivals that I've, I've gone to that city of churches one yeah that thrash grind one as well which was done recently then we have the one in april which is the um was a balls of steel whatever it's called the one here in Adelaide, which is again like i, I guess it's staying to show that we're capable of putting mini festivals on but it's just about growing that to the next level it's just it's going to like i say take time take trust and just have proof that we're willing to attend these um I reckon local geeks first before big bands come down again. Yeah, that's right. Um, we'll finish it off with Jamie Jackson. He answered his own question, which he must have just been inspired by the uh, by the passion and the welfare of uh, his other fellow Super Metal Brother fans. Um, he's gone and said, what we need to do is show the promoters that we uh, get the numbers that they need to make the tours viable. Maybe a website similar to Legion so people can at least commit to their festival. Interesting. So you have like a uh, like a way of getting like a checklist or like, you know, a door knocking kind of thing saying, hey, look, I've got 20,000 signatures here yeah. and they all want to see metal. Uh, can you make it work? Um, it's like a GoFundMe page maybe where everybody has to put in, so many people have been interested, so much money has to be put into the bank, bank to show that, oh, okay, we've got this much interest now. Let's see if we can bring something down. Yeah, see that thing, Legion tried doing that. And unfortunately, they came across problems and eventually had to cancel and refund every single one that paid for a ticket. And they brought it down to not only just uh, band problems, but uh, business and and, uh, advertisers and stuff like that. Literally, there was uh, so many issues they came across that they couldn't get anything to work in time. Mm. Um, Funniest thing was, I remember talking to some of the guys in the industry who are part of either production or or just a part of uh, music or even guitar techs and stuff. And they never could have seen this happening. Having a fan fundraised uh, thing come across because when you're a producer, you really know. When you're a fan, there's just there's a disconnect, right? But again, it's like who who says which band comes? Cause you, you have ten thousand people put money in, or even thousands people put money in. That's it could be potentially five hundred different bands people want to see. Like, well, what what are you going? Who 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 picks who? And then come next year, like I'm not funding this because my favorite band didn't get picked last year. Why would I fund that again? So it's it's one of those things where you know. Yeah, Australia is a very tricky market. The more I think about it, the more I think like what bands can resonate with very, very big numbers, and it's very, very hard. And I very, I feel very sorry for a production company like you know, like a Soundwave and stuff to to do it. Because when we went to Grass Pop and we saw such killer lineups, I couldn't honestly say that I know 
my best friends who know a lot of these bands off the list, you know, and this is access. They got access to great music all the time. You know, they live across the road from each other with some of these countries. Um, Download festival will be interesting. I think someone wants to fill the void. I reckon there's money there and there's no competition. So for them, a punk pop rock metal festival, whatever um, can work very, very well. Uh, How it's going to take a lot. I think it's, I think there's a risk though still, because like we said before, if the fans, like in Adelaide, for example, don't feel like the the, the the bands are worth it, then the the name of the thing won't sell itself after a while. Well, at first, maybe for the first one or two years, but we found pretty fast that the gimmick alone won't work and it will need something else. But yeah, I think you made a good point about how there's little competition for festivals because really all of these genre-specific festivals have just all seemed to disappear at yeah. the same time. So it could be that we have to go back to a big day out where you literally have dedicated stages to um, yeah. music styles, and that's that's what Australia can only do. We'll see what happens, uh, Jamie Jackson. Unfortunately, uh, I think, the be- like you said, the best one is literally like maybe just go door knocking, uh, seeing you still, you still like metal guys, you know, just kind of check in with your friends and families and um, see what's going to happen. But I think Download is going to be our next chance for redemption. And when it comes, mate, you do your best you can to get your friends and family out there because uh, if it falls flat, then, you know, we've got no one else but ourselves to blame. And, uh, you know, good luck there. So uh, I'd say just be a little bit more patient, buddy. Hang on. We've got to hold on to what we got. It doesn't make a difference whether we make it or not because we've got each other. I don't want to talk about Bon Jovi unless I really have to, though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's, let's quick change it. There's a band called Moore's Princeton S. Now, I'm pretty sure they're from Finland, and I'm pretty sure they're one of the greatest melodic death metal bands ever released. But Matt's going to be very um, unbiased. Very oh, right! <laughs> when it comes, and impartial when it comes to I want a podcast, and I need to be like, I need to show that a band can be good and bad, even though I have strong romantic feelings for them. Basically, I've done the having sex with these guys, a pure moonlight bliss for the last four years and i've loved every single second of it however like i've been hurt before everyone's bought bands to the end of time and then eventually found out that their band's gonna screw them over right because they're gonna do an album and it's gonna be like why how if when but uh sense smell they went bad right they, they, they chose it they went down a thing maybe sold out or maybe they just got bored um, so I, I get nervous, but I get excited for every upcoming release of this band because, you know, they're the best melodic death band in the world, right? Wow. So Matt's really going to call this one the space play, <laughs> aren't you, man? I mean, you've been calling this album out in the year back in January, so... So we need to understand where my journey started with this band. I was getting into them uh, around the time when this little bit of a sleeper called Liberation Equals Termination. Now, I don't know... The best way I explain this to someone, but imagine the satisfaction of this guy, right, in your life, or a woman, whatever, and this person keeps cutting you off, right, every day in traffic, right? Then they they take the little last bit of coffee at work. They take all the toilet rolls, so you have to use like your, your shirt from your rah 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 rah. Um, they steal your boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, they make you homeless. Rah rah rah. Anyway, the chance comes finally. When, for some reason, by sheer science, they're in front of you, um, and they've got this. Uh, the guys from like Channel Seven got this new idea for a TV show. They said, "Look, we're going to give you a million dollars, guys, to fight, right? And no matter who wins or loses, you guys are both going to win." 
and then he's like, well, I'm going to do it, but this guy over here is a complete wussy. I bet you won't do it. So that's it. You're like, oh my God, right? And the satisfaction you're going to get when you're finally in the ring and you start smashing this person's face and you're getting paid for it, that's what it's like listening to Liberation Equals Termination. Literally, every single frustration that has affected you from the very, very little thing when you were growing up, realizing that you will never have a, a big penis, to being older and realizing that you're never going to have a big penis, and then having your release of tension, sexual tension release all over an album. This album is fucking God. You're talking about... Oh, Liberation! That's Liberation Equals Termination! Yeah. <laughs> wow, you really went out. Your That's how good that album was. Uh, right? Again, Matthew's gonna be unbiased <laughs> and impartial. Transparency, spade a spade. Right. After that, I never thought I'd ever have those feelings. Okay, and how long was that album, by the way? Uh, it was literally longer than than a bowel movement. It was like three minutes seventeen or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, you fit a lot of good stuff. You know, Dude, I was like, all right, honestly, it's thirty-five minutes, and it was nine or something of the most awesome tracks you're ever going to hear in E standard. It sounded like it was in drop F flat sharp minor. Who cares? It was awesome. I never thought those uh, feelings were ever going to be recreated ever again, right? Until I heard and the dead said live. Then I listen to that album, and then I'm like, wow, it's even clearer than the uh, masterpiece and the ones before. I need to get more Kleenex toilet paper, right? How long was that album? That was actually like, literally, they they, they, they fixed the wrong issues of the past where it, the production was kind of meh, and and uh, the, the songs are short, right? And there wasn't enough songs off the album. But this album, all those qualities were redeemed, right? So... Do you understand what's happening in my life right now? They released an album afterward, which was, I think, Dawn of the Fifth Era, and it was okay. Uh, it was very a bit more safer, but it had great songs off yeah, of it. Oh, that album. You know, it was a sideways step, and then that's when I'm like, oh, here we go. All right, so this band's going to fall. This is going to be the album. So, Daniel, it brings us here to Embers of a Dying World, riffs of this album. Yeah, so you've really set this bar really yeah. high, or you're seeing it with, like, your purpley gold glasses on where you just, you seen perfection so yeah yeah well, we but i can i can admit that even evermore screwed up with the last album at least before before all they right. called it hiatus all right I, I said extremely long hiatus but i i do believe uh-huh. <laughs> that the the the, 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 the heels were men's and we will get that next album <laughs> praise be lumis but right. what about this one what about this album here well i have not got these strong romantic feelings to more so uh-huh. you can bet that my thing will be straight down the line of what I hears is what I says. Yeah. So we shall continue with the riffs of this album. Yeah. Okay, this album here is definitely a melodic death album. So being a melodic yep. death album, you don't really get really heavy balls to the wall riffs. You might get one or two sections in, in the song or two, but you don't really have that, that money with where you just want to keep recording and making it your ringtone. But saying that, there are times where they do have those really heavy sections of songs that help break up mood and tensions and that's great I love it for they do it well but the thing that I guess what these guys have going for them is they've got really strong melodies the one thing about like death metal which became a I guess one of those like uh, state trademarks of the style is that um, it's kind of infusing a pop music to uh, metal which like guys like in Sweden love you know like like Abranthine and stuff like that, and later Soil Work and Inflames, where it's like clean choruses sung quite well, and even the songs that come straight out of like a, a Bjork album, whatever, you know? But this is a band, the Mike Death album, Mike Death Metal, kind of is different because it's literally, there's a lot of melody, but it's a metal backdrop, you know? Because there isn't a hell of a lot of singing in this album at all, Danny, right? There's, the melody does not yeah. come from the singing at all. Yeah, you're right, yeah. But the guitar lines are just 
insane. However, let's talk the riffs and these guys are a riff train. They they only stop to destroy you and then they go to the next one. Mayfair onslaught, Park Lane onslaught, Kings Cross Station. You know what it is. Have an old Kent road, mate. Oh, mate. They're taking all the Kents, mate. They are a Kent slang machine. Um, Yeah, look, let's talk about riffs. All right. In Torment, uh, the the Colors of the Cosmos, uh, Reclaim the Sun. Every time you hear this music, you're like, oh, my God. And then it drops, and you're like, fight. And then you're just like, Mortal Kombat. And you're just like, Um, it's just, oh, my God. It is, they, they prescribe this in pill form to people in their 70s so they can know what it's like to feel a more song in their balls. Like, literally, it is that so good. Yeah, no, right. There are, there are very good riffs in there. They, the drumming backs up well. The riffs, again, they, they do nice little licks and little fills in there to keep things interesting in the backdrops of songs. So, look, no, they're, they're right. It's really tough things like Track to Reclaim the Sun, really tough chorus. Yeah, well, Masquerade and then like, that cyber thing was like, doom, ba, fucking metal you know like oh, yeah, and the drums back it up quite well as well so they, they they do blend instruments in quite well and they do have moments where yeah right you do want a headbang to it but again it's they are on the strong strong melodies is what they go with yeah the uh, the guitar work on these albums is by far some of the most intense and scariest things that you can probably do. And I don't understand because there's so much going on. Um, and it's the strongest part of the albums. Like, I will not uh, fault on it. It never has been. It's always been the number one at the top. The melodies you get from the guitars, the riffs you're going to get, the different techniques, mm. um, everything really feels like it works around it. And even when they step back, it's just they're always strong and it always gives something for anyone else to bounce off of and to make good. Um, they do have their like, they're standing Moore's like guitar pattern. It's like that's that not you call it staccatoing, but it, I guess it's not that weird. That is a constant throughout the album. So sometimes it can bleed into like a familiarity, but it is there is differences in there, but you can see though that seems just like the other riff so they do have that problem sometimes i think they've got uh, staples now and they've worked hard enough at their art but they've brought a lot of different ideas where I found with the riffs in for Liberation and Nation, it was much more like punchier uh, and heavier. Then when they got to the Dawn of the Fifth area, they started to get away from some of those really darker uh, grooves, but it went darker in the chords and stuff. This is an amalgamation of, I think, the last three albums, and they've taken the best stuff from these albums and kind of put it towards a great album. Um, and the riffs, that's what I'm talking about, uh, it's, it's fantastic. You know, um, you've got some of those, like, uh, Bodomy kind of sounds like The Drowning where it's a bit more like a classic melodic death metal kind of thing but then because then they're bringing what they've got what they've always done like with songs like you know In the Torment and stuff but um, ah uh, look yeah it's it, it's it, if you're into old school soil work and stuff like that um, Dark Tranquility um, Kalma anything if you're into anything of that melodic death metal era uh, and you need to get this album like straight away. Like, there's, that's it. There's, if you never heard the band before and you like anything of like death metal, yeah, then just you're wasting your time uh, by saying that you're not a Morse fan. Yep, no, that's cool. So the riffs are fantastic. Mm. They're very engaging. Uh, they're very, they're not simple, but um, they're memorable. You know, and I think as guitarist thing, 
would it scare? I guess the only question I ask, would it scare people off that aren't guitarists? You're not a guitarist. Do you ever get bored like, oh, it's so much guitar? No, actually, no not, not this one, because it's not just solid, just keep going balls to the walls. So the songs, I guess we're talking more about diversity, but the songs do break it up enough for you to um, get engaged. All right, vocals. Uh, you're getting screaming the whole album, uh, which is, for most of it, pretty damn awesome. However, Danny... Uh, is it too much? Does this album with all its melody need to be pulled back? It does it in one track, but does it need more? I mean, that's a fair point to say. I mean, being, I guess, melodic death album, you just assume there to be more melody in the singing. Um, I think not. Uh, I just don't think not. And I, I, I don't think it needed anything like that. Maybe one or two times you would say that, but majority of times the, the, the scream is fine. I'm not, actually, I'm not the biggest fan of his, of his screaming because it sounds like the Dark Tranquility guy at times. And mm. I, I feel like it's not the strongest scream behind like there hasn't got that much balls behind the, the screams which i get there's yeah, a tonal thing for me so i'm not the biggest fan yeah of tone. i uh, i'm loving where he's going his tone's going um when he first started for me it was very much a one hit wonder light action clearly but i found there's more subtlety to it uh there was he took some risks in track six and unfortunately it didn't quite work for me he does this growl thing i've never heard him go guttural before but he does this guttural thing over quite the sensitive melody yeah Uh, and it doesn't help him without the girl comes back and does the most cliche forever moment from a disney death movie by singing like why did you have to go and i'm like ah man you're ruining it like it just it was too comical it was too yeah metal like oh it's death and oh i'm gonna miss you when you're dead like oh man like it was and then afterwards was so amazing had this great industrial groove um uh section which was oh bliss but um you know it's just rare that that happens but it did um better luck next time but for the rest of it like you said it's it's either gonna love it or hate it because it's got a very polarizing opinion yeah, they they do substitute the lack of melody, like melodic scene from the bloke with the use of like choirs yeah. and core and like I guess chorus sounds and synth sounds. So the synth adds the um, feeling. Also, the last track they have a horn section, and the horn is a good substitute for a voice. It has that same I guess tonality to it. So I guess they use these other instruments to compensate for i guess this guy probably can't does that much of melodic singing yeah so yeah if you like metal screaming um this guy's not gonna offend you um but you know maybe you would think he needs more singing in it whatever so we'll go to diversity because i think that, again this is where the band's always been the strongest is that it gives you even though it's a backdrop on like death metal it does so much off of an album to keep you interested to hear you get excited for it uh, a little bit like what Beyond the Martyr would do, though, because Beyond the Martyrs were centered around having a deathcore kind of grooves and stuff like that. But the orchestration in the arrangement when it comes to uh, midis and stuff like that or just or, or different sounds and more of the same band. And wow, uh, this album's got a lot going on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, look, the songs are quite lengthy at times. You know, like five, six minutes of hitting there. And they definitely have that progressive feel about it. I have a feeling this album is a bit of a conceptual album. I haven't really listened to the lyrics too hard yet. But it definitely has that feel about it. Um, I guess it starts with that instrumental. Then it also has another instrumental later on where it has a bit of a quiet back. Oh, there's a little bit of quiet action, but it's more instrumental. I guess you set feel and tone to break up the album. Of course, like the songs are very diverse themselves you go from like the really fast punchy verses to like the slow big choruses then broken up with a nice acoustic section solos required or adding so you have you have a lot a lot's going on yeah i have a feeling this guy likes soundtrack albums because the last three albums in particular they kind of drop so they start off being heavy and they go up 
they kind of go really high, high and then they drop off a little bit and it kind of has this wave motion through the whole album. So it's kind of like a heartbeat. It literally like to do, to do, and I really get that's the impression of, of, of Moore's albums. They give you, they give it a life of their own cause of it, you know? Um, and this can be very hard for people because obviously when they're very heavy and when they're very uh, lighter, but I think they do well to not alienate themselves from metalheads. I think most of the time it is pretty heavy and uh, if anything, it's the other way around where the people who like the softer stuff might just get scared from the lighter stuff. But if you like the heavy stuff and the lighter stuff you're still going to get into, um, yeah, it's just the whole thing's great. It's even got that cliche instrumental track that he seems to put in every album, uh, which pretty much always a little weaker stuff, <laughs> but it always sets you up for the, uh, the next riff, which is going to be uh, just as good. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, a less depressing version of Gojira or something. Because Gojira have these mixtures of everything, like uh, yeah, but these guys just have it more. Are intense or just more? I don't know, upbeat or something. I don't know how to call it. I think the techniques definitely at a, at a place where he can do everything. Like the um, the guitarist himself has given himself such a plethora of place to play around. Um, those tough neoclassical sections, man, are just a joy when you're a guitarist to hear because it's so much thought, so much accuracy and just attack and energy. And then when he steps it back and gives those songs times to bring the orchestration, you really get how much smart he is of a songwriter to bring in different elements about revisiting certain themes or just his classical influences, his, his electronic influences, whether it be dance music, R&B, so drum and bass and stuff like that because it is permanent in this isn't it Daniel and I think that's why I think with dance music when it comes to heaviest and metal as well there's a certain kind of energy which connects those two genres together that's why Pendulum was getting inflames on their stuff because they kind of knew what resonates with fans and this guy is on the, on the market to know he loves those kind of elements together puts them together and it melds so well yeah definitely you hear a lot of the influence so you have industrial sound you have new metal yeah, the classic like Gothenburg sounds in there as well. Sounds yeah, almost new age sometimes. You know, it's like ambient and it's pretty and it's uh, so much life. I mean, they got a, a female singer on it, and uh, for the most of it, it works. Uh, it can be a bit jarring at times because I don't think the girl is as strong as someone like Christy Rose from uh, the Dream of Neon Black, and uh, her delivery isn't as engaging either. Oh yeah, true. I thought it was a nice, it's a nice sweet tone. It's a nice- yeah, yeah. So I think that kind of goes maybe what they're trying to go for again. I have a feeling it is that whole conceptual album, a whole about like humans going through evolution, all that stuff. So I have a feeling it kind of suits the mother type voice. So know? yeah, like diversity and riffs so far are just standing out. Now the grooves are an interesting dilemma I find with uh, Moors. I've always had this problem with the band because the drumming is good, but uh, what could have been, man, with another drummer? Um, there were parts in this for liberation and extermination where the drumming actually would slow down and speed up to a point where it'd actually be quite noticeable, and that would actually ruin the uh, the, the enjoyment for me a little bit because it's like, oh wow, it's not great. Uh, and, it's, and it's very simple. I found Daniel. Did you find that the drums just did it what I had to do, or do you think it was just too safe? Oh yeah, I mean, it could be the the fact that maybe we we're over exposed to overly technical drummers these yeah. days, and that when it comes to these things, that he does what's required and I mean, he still has like good double kicks in there and nice little drums in there. So you, you think it's still technically tricky, but maybe we're just used to technical death that you just hear this is like, oh, I'm, I, I want to hear like weird simple crashes and offbeat hits, etc. Maybe that's yeah. a problem for I, us. Yeah, uh, I think the guitarist has a, a existential plane of mastery. Um, I would love to see him complimented now because the old drummer left. He's been there for 20 years or something. And now he's going to uh, ascend to another plane of existence. And so, I think so. What you're saying is he's no more. 
Hey, hey, name was S. Hey, again, man. <laughs> Super Virgin Brothers. <laughs> um, yeah, and, I, and I'm looking forward to hearing the next album because um, with a drummer that he can now choose of his liking, but maybe he's just going to get someone that's like there to show how good he is. It could, maybe. Be, it could be like the Arch Enemy Syndrome. Like get, oh, get a great drummer in who God. you can't can't express himself but go on so but yeah. Uh, yeah I think you're right I think he does the drum doesn't exactly what it needs to do but I love to hear the drums do what, what they can do and just to give it that little bit more flavour like a little bit of that spice a little bit of paprika you know on the cymbals or something like that yeah. uh, the grooves himself are fine like I really think he's, he's a capable drummer but um, I would love to hear a spastically good drummer yeah that's fair enough I mean like yeah, the grooves they kind of create because of that staccato more sound that's right that, that has that the guitarist yeah. lends a certain rhythm to yeah. his songwriting that if he did anything else but that, it'd be terrible. However, mm. I think it's those things in between. It's like, like in The Simpsons, it's notice that you're not playing Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that at home. <laughs> Another Simpsons quote to that, Amy. Oh, my God. Quote. Never going to stop. Never going to stop. So, uh, yeah, but again, the songwriting themselves and the rhythms coming from the other instrumentation is so strong. Even the singer, he does a great job putting notes in places, even though sometimes the execution of his voice not be for some. I think he does great where he puts them, um, gives a lot of power and a lot of energy to songs, always pushes them forward. So, yeah, no, I've got to be honest, man. This album is just looking, the, the, the shizzle manizzle with mushroom sauce is at the moment for me. Um, how about we just talk about production so we can wrap this bar around it? Production sounded very good. Sounded yeah, the one thing good. that they're doing right now is I think the guy's producing it out of his own home or something. But I found that the last week I've gotten clearer and crisper, and they're just it's because there's so many layers. It's important that he does that. Um, you you got to draw that line where it's too because you want everything to be super tight, so you can't be like anyone be too sloppy. But because uh, then their problem is obviously to come too mechanical, and it doesn't come across that way for me. It doesn't come across like a, a Legion album, which has pretty much the same things going on with industrial sections and rah rah. But it didn't feel as lifeless. It feels like it's got plenty of excitement and energy and tenacity, which maybe uh, comes from a bit of sloppiness from the playing, which is exactly what it needs. Yeah, that's great. I mean, the good thing about these guys is that they have used the effects and industrial sounds and the synthesizers to um, create that nice break up between the. Um, Nice tones of the guitar work. Like the, the guitar oh. has nice tones, and the tones do match the songs quite well. But then they break it up with this industrial sound again. I think it's going for that whole, um, like the message of the album feels. So again, it fits it quite well. Again, solos put in at times appropriate. You know, it's not just about like how fast I can play. They're actually quite nice. Nice licks chucked in. So song structures are great. I really enjoy it. I think yeah, I think layering is good. The, the singing is clear and it's. This easily distinguished between everything else so yeah I think they've done a good job of production yeah it's uh, a big tick for me as well man the band's improved uh, from the last uh, two three albums now they're really starting to show uh, they're really getting a, a, not almost say comfortable but they're really starting to challenge themselves a little bit in this album which is what I really enjoyed uh, Dawn of the Fifth Era didn't sound like that it sounded like a returning from and the Dead Side Live but a little bit more on a accessible side uh when it comes to songwriting and stuff but this album here they're taking a few g gambles they're taking a few punts um and i'd say most of it resonated quite well for me and it really cemented them for me in my eyes as the quintessential band in like death metal uh they've overtaken now soil work uh in flames uh dark tranquility um mercenary all the band scar symmetry as well all these bands who have cemented themselves over the last generations these guys here should be on top of the bill now every time they play together um, that they're not for me is a crime 
unbelievable. The musicianship that's come across on this album, um, the techniques, uh, it's at the highest of the high for metal. Um, I can't praise these guys uh, uh, more, but I really want to. Yeah, and no, I think you're right, man. They, they, they are great songs, very engaging, very captivating. But maybe you're right. Maybe the, the, the key they need, the deus ex machina, is they need melodic singing in there because that's the only element they don't have which everybody else seems to have. Wait and see how that transitions for the band. I would never be sad if they didn't do it because their way of getting melody across is through other instrumentation and there is a lot of instrumentation going on and there's plenty of ideas that can get across um, they, their classical uh, feels anyway. And you can they they generally hear from the melody, you can start singing things to your head anyway uh, and I find that the, sometimes the, the singer is just a way of getting another rhythm across. Uh, good stuff, man. Um, really good band. Really great album. Uh who else can I recommend this album to apart from like Death Metal Heads? Maybe Death Metal Heads, I guess. Mm. Um, Groove Metal Heads, maybe. That's the hardest mm. thing. I don't know who else. Thrash Metal Heads, I guess. There's so many it's influences bit, taking yeah. out from other things, but they really have the best home in like Death Metal. And uh, for bands who've got into old school Mellow Death, which actually was Death Metal, more inspired, like At The Gates, uh, Early Soil Work, you know, that kind of stuff like that. Um, these guys should be the band you're looking for next. These guys should be the natural... Uh, sideways step or whatever and uh, you should be losing a lot of money buying their albums because they deserve it. Yeah, no, they definitely recommend. Yeah, so I can't wait. Does this make it though? We need to give these guys a fair, fair more listen before it makes the top 10 ends of the year. You know, it's running up there at the moment. Uh, it's a very, very strong album. I knew it was going to be. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, with that, we're into the show, Danny. Yes, yeah, so I've enjoyed my time listening to some more S. Uh, Prince <laughs> I've also enjoyed this S Principum Moors. Ah oh, man, this joke's terrible. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, good, good, good week, man. A lot of good news is happening to us. Uh, we are obviously looking into getting into uh, some new albums now. We talked about Nemo last week, but we're going to go back into having actual albums, talking about what's going on. Suicide Silence shouldn't be too far away, Danny. Yeah, big controversy, big talking points. So that should be uh, interesting. The mental world knows, wants to know what we have to say about it, and I'm sure they will be very disappointed. <laughs> we never like to disappoint our fans, but uh, then again, we're kind of looking forward to doing it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, with that, I'm Super Mario Brother Matt. And I'm Super Mario Brother Dan. We have been the Super Mario Brothers. Danny, what do you got for the rest of the fans for tonight? I've got. Hi, <laughs> you want a metal song, don't you? Yeah. Uh, who we we did more? Last we did Nevermore. So let's just say the sheep were made to follow, Matt. Show back the puke and swallow. Yeah, man. The I sheep was... were told to define the engines of hate. Still drive. Is that right? Close enough. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>